0: None of us knows, Major. We don't know who we are. We don't know where we are. Each of us woke up one moment, and here we were in the darkness. Mm-hmm. That's the question we asked ourselves. Drive the bus, bus driver. Wake up! Make you all tingly and excited, puck. Drive the bus, bus driver. Wake up! Make you all tingly and excited, puck. I can do. Make you all tingly and excited. Even funnier if she wasn't dead. Maka. Make you all tingly and excited. Maka. Have you accepted Jesus as your personal savior? Betty, 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 Cute! Ah! Betty, 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 Cute! I do you like my swimming. Alright, everybody. It's 4 30. School is finally over. Time to go home, load up that pong, and watch Pokemon! No! And welcome back to the anime anchor, anime anchor, anime anchor. If the uh, intro did not give you away what to expect for this show, I don't know what else will. (laughs) I love that intro, by the way. I uh, the guy who I had make it uh, is a friend of mine on the actually the Sid Snap, Sid Snap Pantheon, Pantheon Patreon. Blah, blah. You know, the Patreon, you know how some Patreons, whenever you give to uh, someone, they have a reward as being, you, you get rewarded for being on their uh, Discord server. You know, I kind of hate Discord servers, I don't, I'm not on a lot of them, I don't know, something about like the impersonalness of them, like you're seeing someone's purely online Sort of version of themselves. I don't know. I mean, I, I say that, but I actually really enjoy Sidsnap's server Server. Uh, lots of really nice people on there. If you guys know about that server, check it out. It's pretty great. But there's a guy on there. He's he goes by Corn Dog on the on the server, and he does like some audio recording stuff, and he made that awesome, awesome opening for me that you heard there. I'm a big fan of it. has a few clips from some of my favorite bad dubs. How do you like my swimming? From Golden Boy. Oh god, if you guys haven't seen that, holy shit, that is a funny scene. Here he is, he just looks swimming across a big long olympic style swimming pool just fucking barely making it just fucking coughing and half drowning all the way across when it gets to the end he turns (laughs) to the other swimmers (laughs) with like a serious like cool guy face going like how'd you like my swimming (laughs) (laughs) so needless to say Uh, I didn't even ask him to put that in, by the way. He just thought that that was funny and our senses of humor just seemed to coincide with one another's. Mm. Today, I have like a whiskey and orange juice next to me right now, which is nice, but I also just pulled out a full-ass case of Bud Lights here, because I'm probably going to be like recording at least two episodes in a row out here, today, because I'm really behind on these, I'll probably release the next one in a few days, because it's sort of an apology, I'm trying really hard to do better at this and, you know, release these more often, because you guys seem to like this show, and I like this show, I like this show a lot, I wish the anchor and... I wish that you guys had a better way of getting to know me better, so I'm planning on making a Anime Anchor Twitter account soon, and I'll have that information up on the next episode. I haven't made it yet, I pretty much just came up with the idea of talking about it right now. I'd love to hear you guys' ideas for new episodes, or new th- topics to talk about, or maybe you just want to ask me questions, I'll, I can answer them on the show. I think that would be fun, I, who knows? I like that idea a lot <laughs> but I'm Aaron Bennett I am at one point an anime reviewer on on Mal, which anybody can be it's not necessarily a very prestigious thing to say but you know I did I wrote several reviews some of which are I think at least one of them is still comes up whenever you look up the show it was for Dimension W I'd have to check again to be honest I don't remember <laughs> But I love anime. I've been a part of the anime community for like five plus years, uh, watching all sorts of different crazy shit. And I had kind of gotten out of the flow of wanting to watch anime uh, about a year ago. You know, I just, like, my life was busy, and I was getting to the point where the shows that were coming out were starting to just really not be for me. And I was thinking that, oh no, it's like part of my childhood is gone. Like, this entire thing that I loved so much is changing to the point where I'm not really a part of it anymore. And I thought maybe I, it was time to move on. But uh, a friend of mine said, maybe you're just watching the wrong stuff, man. You just gotta find, you gotta find stuff for the, for you. For you, man. <laughs> well, uh, he was right. As weird as I made him sound. Uh, He directed me to a thing called graph.anime.com, which takes all the information from all the different ratings that you have on your account on Mal and gives you rewards and uh, recommendations based off of your watch history, which is really fucking cool, by the way. If you guys don't have this and you're on Mal, holy shit, go for it. It is really accurate. I watched, like... It, what it reminded me of is the same thing I did Whenever I was first getting into anime Where it's like every single episode of every show Was just like blowing my mind And I went like 10, 12 shows in a row With my mind being blown Through every single one Like wow this is is the best shit ever But then <laughs> You finally get that one show That one show you watch And it kind of ruins it for you And you realize that it can be bad too But with this I was like watching stuff I never even given a chance before and finding out that it was exactly for me exactly for me I couldn't have been happier I was watching all these great shows and it gave me an idea it gave me an idea for a podcast it gave me the idea to make an entirely blank account on Mel entirely blank with no data whatsoever and put that into the uh, graph.anime.com, and see what recommendations you get, and watch only those, and rate them as I go. And obviously, it gave some really sort of like generally good shows that are really like tastemaker shows. Help you help the system figure out what kinds of shows you like, and all of them have been out of the out of the uh, park hits for me. So far, and that's the entire premise of this uh, show, is to watch these shows that this program, this fucking AI, was created to recommend to me. And you know, review each one as I finish them. The problem is these last two for season one, which was like the first ten shows it recommended me, are like a hundred episode plus each. And I'm going to be supplementing these week by week with movies I'm watching that were also recommended by, Ma- by Mal Graff. So it's sort of like, I meant for it to be like ten shows, one season, and then i roll into season two. But I'm guessing that's not how it's going to be able to work. I'm guessing that it's going to have to be more like uh, uh just one continual show. Because it's weird for a podcast to have seasons anyways. I always thought that was weird. I thought that uh, it's just like a radio show. It just fucking goes on. It doesn't have episodes. Well, it does, but it has different episodes, but it doesn't need to have seasons. I'm just going to keep on going on and on with this until I fucking run out of the will to record this show anymore, or nobody watches anymore. That would be the other thing. You know, never know. Never know. But I have like this great big general love for animation, no matter where it comes from. I know that the focus of the show is specifically on animation from Japan, but I just love animation in general. And I love books, I'm a big reader. I love storytelling. And I like making this show is sort of what's kind of like combining. All the different things I just love about media in general into one thing that I get to just fucking gloat and like really dive into via auto-recording medium. Love, love this. I love making this show, which is why I was like specifically mad at myself that I've decided to wait an entire fucking month for another episode to come out. So I I feel like I've let down myself. I felt like I've let down all of you guys too. So this these next two episodes are mostly going to be making up for that now the show that i watched for this episode was mushishi it came out in 2006 and it came from artland studios artland it's mostly famous for mushishi because it's if you look at their uh Different shows, it's mostly Mushishi and a few other things. Like all the different Mushishi specials, Zoku Show, which is the second season. Which I, I actually watched Zoku Show first because that was the version of Mushishi that was actually on Netflix back in the day. I didn't know. I didn't know I wasn't starting with the first season. I was just jumping into a show that I heard someone say was good and the Zoki Show is fantastic. It's beautiful. It has that uh, opening with shiver, shiver, which is a lot better than I think the opening is for the uh, Mushishi season 1 which I watched for this uh for this podcast. Um I watched it via DVD cuz I actually this is one of the few things I bought on DVD. I actually have an absurdly big <laughs> anime DVD collection. Back from whenever I was a 16 year old, thinking that I had to buy, if I wanted to support the anime industry, I have to buy these fucking Blu rays (laughs) of the shows I like, man. I gotta support the industry. Like, I was supporting Best Buy, not the industry. I don't know what my logic was. I feel like uh, I was pretty fucking dumb. Because. I realize being a foreign fan of Japanese media makes it pretty much impossible for me to, like, uh, not like, ugh, that's a bad habit. It makes it impossible for me to directly fund the things that I like coming out of that country. It makes it at least very, very hard. And I heard Digibro talk about this kind of a long time ago, where he was talking about how, uh, he wished that, uh, different studios that you that make good shows, had the ability to create, like, a like kind of like a Patreon, where you could just send them money every month, and as a reward you get to see, like, stills, or, like, some other stuff that's, uh, like, works in progress for the shows, that way you could, like, directly fund the anime companies that you like, and I feel like if that had happened, people like Manglobe would not have gone out of business the way they did. I'm still fucking salty about Gangsta, Gangsta was good, and I'll probably make a show about it eventually, but Gangsta got cut off like halfway through production, <laughs> which is sad as fuck. It makes me sad, because now I have to, now the only thing way you can really experience Gangsta fully is by reading the manga, which is also really good. If you guys not heard of the Gangsta manga, well, check it out, it's really well made. And the characters aren't like skinny high school boys. They're like grown ass men who kick ass and take names. Which is something I like in my shows. God, I'm so fucking tired of high school kids being the main focus of shows. (sighs) It's really exhausting. So much fucking high school stuff happens in anime. And I get that that's where most of the demographic for these shows goes towards. Like high school kids, like teenagers specifically teenage boys are the big focus of the demographics there, mm-hmm. but it's a big ol' it's a big old breath of fresh air when a when a show is about fucking adults for once I think that's one of the reasons I like shows like Cowboy Bebop and Psychopath so much, which uh That's another thing. I've since gone through and watched all my episodes up to this point, and I realized, like, whenever I was not in the right tone of mind, I was not saying stuff that I really believed in some of those episodes. Specifically, like, I think my Cowboy Bebop episode's probably the best one I've done so far, and I think I've already said that once or twice uh, since then. I feel like if you're gonna show someone what this show is like, either show them that episode or this one, because I feel like I'm sort of like reintroducing myself to the world with this episode, kind of. Uh, because I feel like that gets over what I think about shows and anime in general really well. It like it makes my case pretty pretty solidly. And another thing I've had to do is I've had to figure out, like, where I can record these episodes in a way that I can really get across my boisterousness. Like, like my excitement about what I'm talking about. Yeah, right now I'm filming on my porch in Texas during the summer. It's fucking hot. I have lots of alcoholic, cool alcoholic beverages to keep me tided over until then. So, I'm mostly fine. Mostly. hmm. <laughs> Uh, oh god that was a big one maybe drinking too much I may be drinking too much but I feel like it helps (laughs) I honestly think that that helps me out more than it hurts me in regards to talking for like an hour straight like I do for this podcast pretty often <laughs> Let me just check my time. Do Doo-doo-doo, do 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 do. Mushishi. So Mushishi is about sort of this uh, mushi master. Now, what a mushi is is they're not. They're kind of like spirits, but they're not. They're kind of they're organisms that sort of exist on a semi-ethereal plane within existence. Some people uh, can see them, and other people can't. But they can affect anyone in all different types of ways, sometimes positive, sometimes not positive. And Mushishi, or mushi masters, as they call them in the dub, which is what I watched, <laughs> is uh they are kind of like doctors that specify in mushi related problems. They travel uh all across the country, uh, finding different sort of mushi related cases. And trying to help people the best they can, and that follows one particular mushishi named Ginkgo. And during the show, it's mostly focused on the different cases. There's at least one episode that really talks about Ginkgo's past and why he does, why he is a mushishi, which is probably one of my favorite episodes. To be honest, it's very, very cool. He's a very interesting character. But more, like, subtextually. Because he doesn't talk about him, himself, ever, really. Because he doesn't even remember his own childhood or past at all. Being a mushishi is basically everything about him. But he's not a typical mushishi, either. He is not... Apparently, at one point in the show, it explains that most mushishi are... Like, stop after destroying... Just by destroying whatever Mushi is causing the problem. And Ginkgo's not really like that. He tries to get rid of the... Solve the problem without killing the Mushi whenever possible. Sometimes he has to. And usually that's because the Mushi was blatantly... Like, hurting people on purpose. <laughs> like, there was no peaceful way to take care of it in which both of them could live. So, there's a little bit of mushy kicking at. Um, uh, ass, mushy ass kicking involved in the show. But, for the most part, it's just him dealing with these really, really creative scenarios of dealing with these little organisms. Like, sometimes there's. I'll give a couple examples I can remember off the top of my head. Uh, there's this one Mushi that uh, acts as a swamp. And it's causing people to get... Lo- oh, no, no, that's not right. It was a bamboo forest. There's, like, this bamboo forest that uh, whenever people drink the water from this main stalk of the bamboo forest, they're not able to get out of the forest again. They're, like, stranded there, stranded there. And, and another one is the there's these like sort of like snail looking things that crawl into people's ears, and they what these things do is they eat noise so suddenly people are like going deaf all across this village, and they can't explain why it's a lot of stuff like that, not blatantly malevolent stuff it's basically always explain that these creatures are just trying to live, and they just happen to find this parasitic way to live off of humans that allows them to thrive. And whenever that sort of thing starts causing humans harm, a Mushishi has to intervene and try to fix the problem, in Ginko's case, without killing the mushi whenever possible. And the that's basically most of the show's appeal. Well, I'd say the appeal of it is that each and every single one of these Mushi are very unique and interesting. And it really made me wonder if each one of them was based off of a real-life, sort of, uh, Shinto or Japanese legend. And it turns out, after doing a little bit of research, that the idea of Mushi is unique to the manga and the show. It is not necessarily a part of, the, of Japanese culture. Even though it seems like it would fit right in based on what I know about Shinto culture. But I'm a white guy who lives in Texas and I don't know anything about Shinto. So maybe I shouldn't be making those kinds of assertions. You know. Hmm. <laughs> I'm not going to pretend like I know everything because I have a podcast. Because that would be pretty fucking stupid and vain. I don't. So, after doing a little bit of research and realizing that this show is mostly original content with original sort of creatures that aren't based off of anything at all, that surprised me even more. The creativity that goes into the show and how it makes its different sort of mushy of the week, to to say, are... uh, (laughs) It's really pretty amazing. There's some fantastic storytelling in this show. And uh, the column Monsters of the Week is reminiscent to its episodic nature. You could watch pretty much any episode of this show out of context uh, and still enjoy it. You figure out what exactly is going on pretty quickly. It doesn't hold your hand, and there's several thing, parts in the show where Ginkgo has to re-explain what Mushi are for the sake of, uh, it feels like, it's always for the sake of a character who's unfamiliar with them, which it seems like everyone would know about these, and there are lots of people who do, but then there's lots of people in this world that don't know about Mushi at all. And it throws me for a loop that how can you have lived with these creatures that seem to be all over the place all the time causing people problems everywhere and not fucking know what they are, even if you can't see them? Like... (laughs) But because of those people's existence within the story, Ginkgo ends up explaining, like, the same shit all the time. And it feels like it's kind of like also meant to help explain new viewers to what the fuck is going on so they're not as confused but for someone who was like marathoning the show in a week it was kind of grating (laughs) it was a little irritating (laughs) to see this fucking oh mushy or somewhere that exists between animal and plant i'm like okay great fine all right. Thank you for saying that again, Gincael. You're very knowledgeable and smart. Uh can we get on with the show? <laughs> Cuz my patience is being tried. Well, oh well. The storytelling aspect of the show is probably its strongest mark. Though the art direction is very very good as well. It's it's very it's very very good. Um It gets across this very old-fashioned Japanese aesthetic very well, all the way down to character design, where even though uh, all the characters in the show are Japanese and from the mainland of Japan, uh, they're able to make characters look very distinct in each episode. I never watched uh separate episodes and thought wow all these these characters look the same as the last one no a lot of focus was put in to making different characters look very individual even if they were only going to be in a single episode and i noted that during the time i watched the show because especially whenever your show is very episodic you could kind of get away with like giving everyone the same kind of face or giving everyone the same kind of basic, like, four hairstyles. And while that happens, like, a little bit mushishi, most of the important characters, at least, are very unique-looking and distinct, even if they're only in one episode. And I thought that that was really noble, or that that was <laughs> very nice... And by distinct, I don't mean that they look really, really unique from one another, but they always look like different people. It's one of the things I hate about the Fate franchise. They'll make all these different characters with the same fucking face, and it's infuriating. As soon as you realize that that main character guy... I forget his name. Fuck, I'm gonna have to... You know what, I just realized, I'm going to probably have to watch that fucking show again, eventually, for this show. So, yay. (laughs) I don't want to watch Fate Stay Night again, guys. I really don't. Someone stop me from doing that. Oh god, I am sweating into my eyes and crying. (sighs) It's so fucking hot. It is so fucking hot. I have no idea how hot it is today, but it is too hot for my pale ass. I should be <laughs> I should be sitting in the shade reading poetry in a next to fireside somewhere with the how pale my skin is. Yeah. Mm. Whiskey orange juice. Save me. Aw, oh, it's done nicely. Mm. But the art direction of the show is uh, one of my favorite things about it. The music is really nice too. It's very classic Japanese instruments that I was constantly. The music constantly sets the tone for the show. This is a kind of a somber, serious show. You're not going to get a lot of laughs here. But the show is very focused on telling a very dignified artistic story. So it tries to keep that tone with its music. And something else I like about the show is sometimes it'll just be quiet. It'll just play no music. It'll be silent. And it'll just let you, force you to take in a moment. It'll force you to listen and focus on nothing but the situation at hand. And... Weirdly enough, I don't see that very often, anything but horror. And there are several episodes in this show that have a deeply horrific vibe. Or sort of a horror story kind of tone to them. Because there's some bad shit that happens to people in this show. Some pretty horrific shit happens to several characters in this show. Like having their child eaten by this Mushi that creates a copy of the child. It's fucked. It is kind of fucked. And Ginko is sort of jaded to that. Because he's been doing this for so long and he's seen so many different crazy things. But as the viewer, you just like fucking shocked at several points during this show. At how fucked up some of these Mushi are. Which is str- even stranger because they're not necessarily evil. They're just like animals. They're trying to survive. It's uh, equivalent to like watching a nature documentary and seeing a bear just fucking tear apart an elk. You're like, oh my god. That's horrible. It's horrifying. Look how fucking terrifying this creature is. And it's not trying to scare anybody. It's just trying to live. It's living. It eats it's just living by eating bitches, you know? It eats bitches, and it lives. And that's kind of scary to guys like us. But you know, that's just its life, man. That's just how it lives. And I think those episodes create the kind of respect for the mushy that people would also have for, like, animals and other things. Like, people give nature its room, because of that sort of shit, the crazy, violent nerve that there is in nature. Mm-hmm. Really, like mushishi, the mushishi are just sort of like people who are trying to help people coexist with nature in a lot of ways. And if you look at it from that point of view, this show kind of has like a naturalistic kind of a uh, message to it. Like, if you try to uh, squash nature and do as you wish, nature has a tendency to react to you in a negative way. And there are several cases of that happening in the show. Which is why I'm probably going to give it a really good score. I actually haven't actually scored it yet. I thought I would score it whenever I did this episode. I highly, highly recommend this show. It's, uh very deep and chill. I just loved coming home from work several days a week and watching this show right before I'd go to bed. I'd just, like, get a shower, get comfy, watch some mushi she, and just, like, psh, knock myself out. It was It's a perfect show for that sort of thing. And if you get through season one and you want to see more, lucky for you, there's, like, two more seasons of this show as well as several specials, and I think at least one movie, if I'm not mistaken. There's plenty of Mushishi to watch. For the purposes of this, I only watched the first season, but I think I've seen it all. If I had to be honest, I've seen the whole series now, and I love it. It's a great show to smoke too, to be real, to b h. So whenever I've ended a thought I had on a show I find it kind of like weird to know what to say next I guess that's something for speech I'm gonna have to figure out a little bit more you know figure myself out a bit but Mushishi is fucking great and I'm really excited about it I was really happy to watch it again it had been too long And that's one of the things, my favorite things about this show so far. I'm getting to rewatch shows that I really, really enjoyed, as well as getting to watch new stuff that I had known about for a long time but never given the chance to watch. Like, I'm specifically doing that right now, and uh, the show I'm watching right now is really changing how I see sports and other things. It's really fucking good. And I'm really enjoying it. Oh, which I will talk about in depth. Whenever I finally get to the point where I'm reviewing that show. But hey. Thank you guys all so much. For coming and listening today. Uh, I will promise I will have that link to the uh, <laughs> to the Twitter account. By next episode. <laughs> I'll either have it, I'll have it in the description of the next episode, and I'll, uh, say it in the actual episode itself. So, hey, you guys are great. Thank you for listening, and have a wonderful night, and or day. I don't know where you guys are, and I'm too afraid to ask. Have a good one, guys. Peace out.